Welcome to a special edition of the No BS DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Joe, and my co-host, Nick, and we're here to break down all the fights for you guys coming up on live on pay-per-view this Saturday. So, yeah, let's get right to it. This is one of the most stacked cards I've ever uh, seen before, and most people can agree to that. So, uh, yeah, I'll have Nick start off here. Uh First fight of the night, we got Sam Alvey taking on Ryan Spann. So, Nick, take it away. Give us your thoughts and what your prediction is. Well, we have, uh, yeah, like you said, Ryan Superman Spann going against good old smiling Sam Alvey. And uh, right now, Spann's a heavy favorite at minus 450. Alvey's the dog at plus 325. DraftKings has it 9,300-6,900 for the pricing. And, uh, you know, how can you not like Superman Span? He's a freak of nature. But my gut's telling me to avoid this fight because I watched some film on Span, And, you know, I just really wasn't all that impressed with him. I mean, if you're wanting to parlay him and, you know, just kind of milk out a few extra bucks, I say fine because – I really don't see him losing the fight because Sam Alvey, you know, he's kind of taking the fight on short notice. He's, they're up to 205, which Sam's a little bit softer there. You know, he didn't have to make weight to fight at this, which, you know, could be to his advantage. But it also just kind of shows where his head's at. He's not really in the game. I know he's got a lot of kids at home, and he's probably just trying to get a quick payday. So... Ultimately, though, I don't think this is a DraftKings play. Like I said, betting, um, I think Span's going to win. But for DraftKings, I'm going to avoid this fight because I think it's going to be boring fight. Uh, one of those where the winner only gets about 50, 55 points. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff in the clinch. Sam's pretty good against takedown defense and – not Span on uh, Sam Alvey's pretty good at takedown defense and Ryan Span, he's actually uh fairly well um fairly well skilled on the ground and I don't think he's gonna be able to get smiling Sam to the ground. So it's just gonna be a lot of, you know, jabs here and there. And sure he could obviously finish him on the feet, but I don't think it's gonna happen. So I don't like the fight. All right, so do you you're saying it's gonna go the distance then and you got span? Yeah, going the distance, I got span and I'm saying for DraftKings, somewhere around fifty points, fifty five points for span and maybe twenty for Sam Alvey. Okay, cool. Um so for me, you know, I definitely see it going the distance as well. Um I definitely think Span is the heavy favorite here. I think he wins pretty easily. Probably 30-27, unanimous. But I also see it going, because um, as far as DraftKings for me, I mean, I'm definitely going to have Span and some parlays, just to, like you said, milk out some of those dollars. Um, uh, but other than that, as far as DraftKings, yeah, we like you said, LV, we got at 6900 and Span as the most expensive at 9300 which 
his last three fights, he's won. Um, basically, well, his last one, he submitted uh, Clark in the second round, and then he actually got a first round TKO uh, TKO against Nogueira before that. And Alex Spans, professional record: seventeen wins, five losses. And then we got Sam Alvey. Um, you know, according to this here, 33 wins, 13 losses, but he's, he's lost three straight fights, you know, and, uh, obviously he's moving up to 205, which, you know, I think I just totally agree with it where I also see this. I think Span could, you know, give that one big blow. And I, I don't know. I, I definitely see this. Maybe I think Span could get a TKO before the 15 minutes is up, um, on the feet. I do agree, though. I do think this will stay on the feet for the most part. Um, Alvy does got, you know, he's he has a chin. Um, he doesn't necessarily, you know, he's been TKO'd a few times recently against guys, um, but he still has a decent chin on him. Um, and also, just to mention, Ryan Spann has a decent reach advantage as well. Um, he's coming out of the orthodox, why Alvy likes – coming uh fighting that southpaw style um and span also has a few inches of height on alvy so but yeah my my uh gut prediction here i'm like i said i'm gonna be taking span um and some parlays not alvy at whatsoever i don't think he has a chance to win this fight i agree with you i think he's just fighting to try to you know get a payday for his kids and him and stuff you know um so yeah my my uh, final prediction, though, is I think Span does finish him, and I think it comes in the second round by TKO on the feet where he just, you know, eventually LV just can't handle the amount of uh, punches that Span's going to put on him um, and land on him. But I also, you know, I do think it could go the distance too. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it might be worth – honestly, if it doesn't get finished, then I agree because Span is the most expensive, so – you know, I'm not sure what his ownership's going to be, but I do think that fading this fight is probably the way to go as far as DraftKings. I'm not sure. I'm going to have a few different lineups, so Span might make a few of them or one of them or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I definitely agree with you where it's probably best to just fade this fight. But either way, you know, we'll see what happens. So that's all I got for that fight, but I do think Spain is the heavy favorite. We'll get the job done here at light heavyweight against Sam Ellie. So next up we got Bryce Mitchell, country boy, taking on Charles Rosa, the well-known black belt here. So Nick, take it away. What's your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, so I have a little personal bias for uh Charles Boston Strong Rosa. And just because last time I predicted his first round submission against uh, I think it was Manny Bermudez and uh, anyways the odds are favoring Mitchell though a little bit he's minus 160 Rosa's the underdog at plus 130 so pretty close fight overall DraftKings has it at 8500 and 7700 and Bryce Mitchell is no Manny Bermudez though let's just say that Bryce Mitchell is also solid on the ground and Charles ain't going to be able to just have his way with him or get him in a, you know, a sneaky arm bar. He's not going to show this young kid any tricks he hasn't seen before. Cause I know Bryce is prepared, but 
Bryce, I am just I'm a little bit worried he's coming in to this fight a little bit emotional because Charles did call him out, said he's going to break this kid's arm. And I guess Bryce really did not like that. He's a big advocate for anti-bullying, and he thought he's being bullied by Charles. And they don't even know each other personally, so he, I guess he just really took offense to it even more. And, uh, yeah, I just he's a young kid, and he might let his emotions get the best of him. And Charles is a little bit more of a veteran. He's, I think he's in his early 30s and a little bit more experienced. And, uh, you know, Mitchell's still developing as a fighter, and he's probably going to get better. But I've, I have a feeling Charles Rosa is going to be a, a roadblock in, in his way. And uh, Charles Rosa, like, he's probably at his potential right now, to be honest. He's not getting any better, but. I have a feeling uh, he's going to get the job done against uh, Bryce Mitchell. But if you look at DraftKings, in terms of DraftKings, I'm definitely liking Rosa for uh, odds if you're using a bookie. But if you're playing DraftKings, um, Rosa does give you a little bit of salary relief, which is nice. But also, if you look at his fights, obviously he got a first-round sub his last time. But the fights where he's lost, he lost against Rodriguez and Burgos. One of them he got knocked out in the third, and the other one he lost the decision. The thing is, he still managed to get some pretty solid points. He got 56 and a half and 48 points in the losses. So I just have a feeling he's pretty safe either way. Even if he does not come out of this fight as the winner, he still, you know, he might... He might beat Ryan Spann, to be honest, if that fight goes the distance and Spann wins. So that's my take on it. I like Charles Rosa. Okay. So, yeah, for me, well, here looking at Bryce Mitchell, uh, minus 160 favorite, Charles Rosa coming back at plus 140. Um, obviously, this is like that featherweight, uh, 145 pounds, pretty even in reach. Uh, Bryce Mitchell comes out of Charles Rosa switch stance. Um, they both like to go for takedowns a lot. Obviously, they're both in submission attempts. Obviously, they're both you know very decent on the ground as far as their ground game. Um, and then as far as DraftKings here said, Charles Rosa coming at seventy seven hundred as the underdog, um, and then Bryce Mitchell eight five hundred, which for me. You know, I've been back and forth on this fight throughout the week here. Just, you know, as far as just really trying to figure out who I think what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, for me, Bryce Mitchell, I think, is the real deal. You know, he's a really strong country boy. Um, and obviously, Charles Rosa, he's a black belt, you know, decent record, professional record, 12 and 3. Bryce Mitchell, 12 and 12 and 1. Um, but I think Bryce Mitchell's a favorite for. Rosa could win out a decision because I do I expect this fight to go the distance as well just because they're both going to kind of cancel out on the ground um but I do think that Mitchell's gonna be the one that's gonna be the aggressor and he's gonna um I think he's gonna really try for some takedowns and you know he had one of the rarest submissions on his last fight against um Matt Salas um in December this last year, 
he submitted him by a twister, which is only, I believe I heard is only like the second or third time that's ever happened. It's a super rare and difficult submission to do on somebody and he got it done, which is amazing. So that just showed a lot from him, I think. And, uh, as far as on the feet, I think Rosa will be a little bit better on the feet. Um, and that's why I'm worried that he could sneak out a victory um, as far as, you know, if it goes the distance, which I expect it to. But then again, basically I'm split on this fight. I'm probably going to have Mitchell on some parlays. I'm going to have Charles Rosa on some parlays. As far as DraftKings, I honestly might have both of them on a few different teams because I'm probably – I'm not sure exactly what I'm I might do some satellites, but I also might do – like five or six lineups into the million uh, dollar contest, $20. So, but anyway, as far as um, I just think that Bryce Mitchell, like I said, he's going to be more aggressive, I think. And he's coming in really pissed off, obviously, like you mentioned. Um, And I just think he's going to get the takedowns and he's, I think he's going to maintain a lot of top control. And that's why I could see him really, you know, winning at 29-28 unanimous. But I also, if Rosa, you know, if he if he basically, you know, avoids those takedowns, then I think if they remain on the feet, it could be really close. So, you know, obviously Mitchell being the favorite, and as far as DraftKings is price, you know, it's hard to – you really have to be confident um, if you really want to take Mitchell, at least on DraftKings. Cause, but I here's the one thing I do want to say. I agree with you on how – even at Rosa, since he's a lot cheaper, you know, that I think they're both going to score a lot of points. I think the loser in this fight's going to have, you know, 40 points at least, maybe more. And on a fight card like this where, you know, it, it, might, it won't ruin you if you have a loser and, and they score that much because there's going to be some guys that, you know, get under 10 points that are going to lose right away and stuff like that. Um, so... I guess my final verdict here is I think Bryce Mitchell, I think he gets a 29-28. But this is a big step up in competition for him as well. You know, you could say Rosa is like a gaper here, you know, because he's a guy, but he's not ever going to be top-notch. Like you said, he's potential right now. But, yeah, I do want one last thing, too, is why I think they're going to score a lot of points because I think there's going to be a lot of scrambles and there's going to be a lot of different, you know, point. They're going to add a lot of points up on the ground because there's going to be, you know, a lot of advances and stuff like that, which, you know, you can get a lot of points for that. And I think Bryce Mitchell is going to go for a lot of takedowns. Rosa might get back up a lot. Um, yeah, obviously, they're both going to probably try different submission attempts. It's probably going to be a hell of a fight, honestly. I think it's going to be really crazy and intense the whole 15 minutes. But my final verdict is I think Mitchell gets a close 29-28 decision win due to his, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of takedowns. Um, and I think it's going to be close as far as significant strikes. But I think Mitchell pulls out a, a close win. But I wouldn't be surprised if Rosa got it done either. I don't expect this to not I think it will go the distance I mean unless somehow one of them you know lands a you know a hook on a big hook on one the other somehow and you know knocks them out but I think that likely goes the distance so my final prediction I'm gonna have both guys on parlays and stuff like that because I think it's really close and I think they're gonna score a lot Um, but I my final verdict is Bryce Mitchell by decision so 
Moving on to the next fight, we got Vasante Luque taking on the wild man himself, Nico Price, which this is a rematch from several years, a few years ago. So uh, I'll let Nick go ahead, take it away on your thoughts on this fight at welterweight. Yeah, so this is an interesting fight for sure. And just looking at the other underdogs, you know, you got around this price range. You got, you know, Jeremy Stevens, Rosenstrike, Cruz, Gaethje, and uh, Nico, the hybrid price. And, you know, these guys are all the underdogs for a reason. But one of them's probably going to win. And I think that one that is most likely is Nico, the hybrid price. I mean, you know what you're getting with him. He's crazy, and you don't know what he's going to come at you with. He could get you with a flying knee or a submission. He can have a one-shot kill right in your face. I mean, you don't know. And although I think Luke is the well-deserved favorite, the odds have it at minus 300 and plus 230, um... If I'm going to pick my spot with an underdog, obviously you can't pick all favorites on DraftKings. I'm going to go with Nico because, hey, the guy could have 100 points no matter who he's fighting against. And some of these other guys, I don't feel like that. Um, other than that, Luke, his cardio is questionable, I'm hearing. Um, he's kind of a do-it-in-the-first-round kind of guy. And Nico, I mean, that guy can just keep pushing the pedal to the floor. However, last time I did a bet against Nico Price when he fought Jeff Neal, and Jeff Neal was obviously the winner, and it was a pretty easy pick. Jeff was just very pure boxer. It reminds me of Apollo Creed from Rocky. Just very good footwork, very technical fighter. And I feel like that's kind of Nico's weakness is going against the guys who are so technical technically gifted like a guy like Jeff Neal but Luke he's no Jeff Neal I don't think and sure he's a ranked he's a ranked fighter in his division however I don't think he's a top five guy ever so he's a little bit uh a little bit overrated in my opinion and I'm probably going to be playing Nico Price even though I think Luke is going to win um I'm going to pick my spot with an underdog at Nico Price, $7,200. And, yeah, I'm curious to what you have to say, Joe, because I know you might have a personal bias for Luke because he came big for you in a parlay a few months ago. I know he didn't cap it off for you. I think Shevchenko did, but Luke was the last close fight that you really needed, and he came through for you in a split decision or it was either – Maybe it was unanimous 29-28, but, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, so this fight's really interesting. It's a rematch. Um, and, yeah, I'm honestly torn on this one because I, I really think there could be not much different. Luke's so well-rounded that I think he could, you know, because he likes to really stay in the pocket, which worries me because he can easily get hit. His His striking defense is very questionable. He obviously is a very technical boxer, though, and Nico Price is a just a wild man, um, and he's shown that with some crazy finishes, like hammer fists from the bottom recently, and uh, just all kinds of other ones. Um, my thing is, is I I'm interested in Nico Price as an underdog because 
obviously he's shown us being an underdog before, you know, he can come through in a big way and being only 7,200, if he finds that one kill shot on Luke, I mean, Luke has a very good chin though, too. That's why it's just so hard. Cause when they fought before, uh, Vasante Luke, he, he ended up submitting Nico price in the second round. Cause he just, you know, he has a solid, basically his weaknesses to me, or he likes to stand in the pocket way too much, and he can take a lot of shots, but he can also, um, you know, he leaves himself vulnerable that way for a big shot, which I know Nico Price is going to try. Um, as far as – Yeah, this one's not going the distance. No way. Yeah, it's very unlikely unless they both are just super bloody at the end. If it goes the distance, it's going to be just blood everywhere and just uh, – you know, it might be fight of the night, honestly, besides maybe the main event, which everyone expects to be just one of the best fights of all time, potentially, um, or at least for this year uh, or in the last few years. Um, but anyway, as far as this fight here at welterweight, you know, I, I'm again, I'm, I haven't really fully made a confident to sit. I do think that it's more likely Luke just, you know, he obviously is coming off a loss um, against Wonderboy Thompson and close decision loss there. But at the same time, Thompson's unorthodox style just gave Luke a lot of problems. Um, but yeah, I mean, this fight's really interesting just because I'm going to have some Nico Price, I think. Uh, as far as DraftKings, I don't, as far as parlays too, I might. You know, it's just obviously, like you said, it's a really good underdog spot here. Um, basically, I think Luke wins a unanimous decision um, unless Nico Price. It's basically what I'm worried about is Luke being in the pocket. Does Price find that kill shot and land it? And then Luke gets really hurt and then Price goes for the kill and he, you know, he gets it done. I wouldn't be surprised. But I also see Luke. You know, just kind of his technical style, just hurting Price at the same time. And, you know, I could see him knocking him down and then he kind of get, gets finds a submission again or something, like a rear naked choke or, you know, whatever. So this is a tough one for me. I do have, you know, Luque's came through for me in the past a lot. Um, you know, as far as, I guess, other than that, you know, it's definitely an interesting rematch because both these fighters have, you know, they've came a long way since they last fought. Um, but yeah, Nico Price at 7,200 for an underdog. And I just have a feeling there's going to be some big underdogs that hit this Saturday. So yeah, I'm honestly, I'm more and more as I talk about it right now, I'm getting intrigued on wanting to take Price. But there is another underdog. Well, there's a few other underdogs that I like too that we'll get to later in the card. But yeah, this is that Nico Price and Rosa are two of my, you know, probably top four that I have that I think have a chance to win. Because there's some underdogs that I think have no chance to win. Like LV, I think no matter what, he has there's no way for him to win. And there's more that it will get to. But yeah, Price is probably one of my favorite underdogs. Uh so as far as what I think is going to happen, though, my final decision, I think Luke gets a, a decision victory. That's just the safe play. But, you know, if you want to take a chance. So you think it goes the distance? I do think it goes the distance. 
Because I think they're both going to be. That might be a good bet then. Yeah. Because that's probably unlikely. Yeah, as far as that, I haven't checked it out recently. But, yeah, as far as, yeah, I think it's going to go the distance. And I think Luke gets a close win. But but if Price is going to win, I think he finishes Luke. So, as far as DraftKings, I will have Price on some DraftKings lineups. And Luke, I may have him. I think he scores a lot, though, if it goes the distance because he just likes to keep striking. I think both I think both these guys are going to score a lot unless there's a finish early, which, you know, obviously I like your take on you're probably taking Price to get hoping for, a, you know, as an underdog to get a big knockout victory, which I think could very well happen. So I'm going to have – this is just another fight where I think – honestly, because I'm more like as far as Mitchell and Rose in the last fight, I think Mitchell – I think he wins, but this fight I'm torn a lot. I'm I like both guys. I think, um, so yeah. Like I said, I'm gonna have Price. I'm gonna have both these guys on different parlays because I plan on making you know a lot of parlays this week. Um, so and DraftKings too. I I might not have Luca in any teams, but I'll have Price on some for sure. But yeah, my final pick is Luca wins by decision. So as far as betting, I'm sure that's some plus money there on that prediction. So. I might have to bet on that too. Plus two twenty five that it goes the distance. Yeah, so, so that might be a good thing to parlay. All right, yeah, yeah. So I definitely am probably going to do that on some parlays. But all right, we'll move on. So next up, we got Uriah Hall taking on Jacare Souza at middleweight. So Nick, give us your thoughts on this fight. I honestly do not have much knowledge of either of these fighters. So all I can provide here is just what I've been hearing from some other guys. And that's that kind of right away, everybody's um, thinking it's a pick which is what the odds would suggest at minus 125 for Jack Array and minus 105 for Uriah. And DraftKings has it real close at 8,300 and 7,900. But then everybody seems to be hopping on the Uriah Hall train. So if you want to differentiate yourself, I would say either avoid the fight or go with Jacare because it sounds like everybody and their brother wants Uriah Hall on their team because they think he's going to do this or that or whatever, and get the knockout. But I've been hearing that he doesn't have much knockout power. He's not really a one-shot kill kind of guy. He's more of just a wear you down and then maybe he finishes you. But um, rumor has it that Souza is taking this on short notice and that he is broke. So he needs a payday, and maybe he doesn't care if he gets finished. However, um Due to ownership, I'm going to be probably fading this fight because one, Uriah Hall is going to be overowned. That's what the early um, consensus is, and two, uh, I don't like Jock Ray. So that's my take on it. All right. So for me, yeah, I'm pretty similar. I'm fading this fight for sure on DraftKings because I just think they're not going to score very much, as seen. I think it goes the distance likely and this might be the lowest scoring fight of the night i think it's going to be a lot of you know i just think it's going to be a lot of like you know on the feet but they're not going to really throw a whole lot like you would maybe expect um 
You know, and it's like you said, yeah, I like Uriah Hall to win this fight, but at the same time, his price on DraftKings at seventy nine hundred as a you know a slight underdog. Um, I just think, like I said earlier, like Nico Price, for example, and some other guys we'll get into like that are cheaper. I just think they could, you know, if you want to win, you know, if you want to win your GPP, you got Uriah Hall's not going to be in the optimal lineup because he if he. The winner of this fight is probably only going to have 50 points or 60 points, which, you know, like it's pretty close to even money on both sides. So obviously having the winner, the safe play, you can pick one guy and hope that somehow they get a finish. But I think this goes the distance. My pick, my official pick will be Uriah Hall by decision. I even think it could be a split decision. Yeah. I'll even say that I'll go Uriah Hall by split decision. Um, but yeah, obviously I heard that too of Sar Souza. He wants to fight. He needs the money. So, which you know, I think he could win. But I, I, my pick is Uriah Hall. I really don't have too much knowledge on this fight either. I just know that Uriah Hall's been, you know, known. He's on a few fight win streak, and obviously Souza's lost a few in a row. And I just think Souza is starting to get out of his prime as well. I think he's about done pretty soon so i think your eye hall gets it done by a close decision but i would fade this fight as far as parlays i may have your eye hall on like a one or two or something a couple of mine but DraftKings, i'm likely fading this fight so yeah that's all i got for that one um next up we got in the prelims here Carla Esparza taking on Michelle Watterson. So, Nick, you got any thoughts on this fight prediction? So, we got Esparza minus 150 and Watterson plus 120. Pretty close. DraftKings has it at 8,400 for Esparza and 78 for Watterson. Uh, DraftKings, I'm not going to play either of them. Uh, the only female fighters that I'll ever play on DraftKings is Amanda Nunez or Chris Cyborg, and that's it, or Shevchenko. But literally that's it, and obviously that bit me in the ass when we had that great fight um, with those two women. Yeah, say Joanna. Was. yeah Joanna. I would take her too a lot. Yeah, she scored that a was lot. a mistake by me. Yeah, that was a crazy fight. So many significant strikes, but yeah, DraftKings, I just generally don't like to play female fighters. I just usually, more often than not, it goes the distance, and the winner has about 50, 60, maybe 75 points, and the loser gets about 25 to 30 points. And, you know, I guess if you're playing cash, okay, but I don't usually play cash games. So for my strategy, it just doesn't really fit in line. But for betting... Uh, this is kind of a one where I'm going to take the dog or pass. So I guess I'll be taking Watterson because she's the underdog and that's about it. All right. That's so all I got to say on that one. Okay. So for me, you mentioned at straw weight here, we got a Sparsa minus 155 favorite coming back. Michelle Watterson plus 125. Um, what I know about these uh, fighters is that Watterson will have an advantage on the feet. She's definitely a lot better striker than Carla is. Um, 
And but Carla Esparza, she's going to be going for the takedowns right away. And I think that, you know, I agree with you on dog or pass as far as probably betting. But my prediction, just simply here, I mean, because on DraftKings, we got Watterson at 7,800 and Esparza at 8,400. And I think that Esparza will, I think she's going to basically get, she's going to get some takedowns. She's going to have a lot of top control time land some significant strikes that way. I think it goes the distance, and I think she wins, you know, a 29-28 decision um, over Watterson. But, yeah, I'm going to fade this fight on DraftKings for sure. And then I won't be – I won't even – even though I think Esparza is going to win, she may be in, like, one parlay or Watterson might be one or whatever. But not. I'm just really not interested in this fight very much because it could go either way, honestly, but – that's all I got for that fight. So, moving ahead in the prelims here, uh, we got Alexei Olinick taking on Fabio Wordum at heavyweight or Werdum. Um, so, Nick, give us your thoughts on this heavyweight matchup. Yeah, Verdum, uh He's a former champion. He's held the belt before and. He's coming off a two-year layoff. However, he's a heavy favorite still. Um, DraftKings has it at 9,200 and 7,000 for Alexi, and the books have it at minus 350 and plus 265. So people are really liking Verdum. Uh, I heard a great, great... Uh, analysis on this fight from the Pat Mayo podcast. I forget who does the MMA part of it, but the guy said that these fighters are both very similar. Uh, They're both very good on the ground. They're known for their submissions, which is a little bit shocking considering they're heavyweights. And uh, basically he said, you know, Fabricio Verdun is going to basically – say to Alexi Olenek, hey, whatever you can do, I can do better. And Alexi's going to have no answer for him. They're both like 42 years old. Um, I remember seeing poor Alexi Olenek just get <laughs> just get just his lights knocked out by Walt Harris. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that same thing's going to happen again. Verdum's going to rock him one time. He's going to wobble, fall to the ground. Verdum knows exactly what he's doing on the ground, and he's going to get him in a submission, and this thing's going to be over in round one. So I'm really liking Verdum here. Uh, Olenek, ah, man, this guy, he he needs no one to hang it up, and he might know that after this fight. All right, so, yeah, I'm totally with you. I don't think Olenek has a chance here even though he's a huge underdog. Um, I think we're doomed. I think he's going to, yeah, I mean, just to say last, uh, not the last fight, but a few fights ago, Olenek, when he versed the big ticket Harris, Harris landed one punch and that knocked out Olenek. That's all it took. So I think we're doomed. Yeah, I think he's a lot better on the feet. Olenek's really wild on the feet. 
just trying to throw haymakers. I think Verdum's just going to easily dodge those. And, you know, after about two minutes, he's going to land a couple big shots and Olenek's going to topple over. Verdum, yep, like I said, I agree that totally he's going to, you know, get on him and, uh, you know, find a submission relatively quickly. And Olenek needs to know, uh, you know, he's got to hang it up after this one. He's, he had a good career, fought a lot. He has a lot of wins. Both these guys, like you said, are submission specialists, but I think Verdum's, you know, he's a past champion. I think he gets this done relatively quickly, and that shows with the odds and the pricing. A lot of people agree. Um, so, yeah, I think Verdum, I think he uh, gets a first-round submission victory over Olenek. And for DraftKings, you know, I I like him. He'll be on some lineups because I think, I think he's going to score more than Span, so, and he's cheaper. And then we got more guys to get into, but um, that are up here in pricing. But yeah, I like Verdum for DraftKings and for parlays. I don't see him losing, so he'll be in some parlays. Just like Span, I think they both are the most expensive for a reason. I think they win easily. So, so now we head to the main event of the prelims: Anthony Showtime Pettis taking on uh, Cowboy Donald Cerrone. So, Nick, what's your thoughts on this rematch at Welterweight? Uh, yeah, so obviously it's the main event of the prelims. Probably would have been the main event of the whole card if it was six or seven years ago, but that's not the case. Both these guys are past their primes, and uh, – I guess the odds have it at minus 150 for Showtime and plus 120 for Cowboy. And DraftKings has it as close as it gets at 8,208,000. Basically, yeah, in in Pettis versus Cerrone number one, Pettis got him with a few kicks. He's great with with those kicks. And Cerrone's a slow starter, obviously, and – he rocked him and just knocked the wind out of Cerrone. And then all it took was a few more. And then he landed another great kick to the body. And Donald just fell back in pain. And it seems like that's been the case a lot lately with Donald Cerrone. Um, it, I mean, he doesn't, he does not leave a fight without looking like trash. Uh, not trash based on his performance, but I'm just talking like his body or his face. Uh, obviously Pettis lit him up. McGregor just made him look like a little kid. And, uh, Ferguson, man, his face has never looked that bad when he fought Tony Ferguson. And everybody seems to be liking Anthony Pettis. And to be honest, I like him too, but I don't like him that much. So I can easily hop over to the Donald Cowboy Cerrone train. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do because everyone is talking Pettis and nobody thinks Cowboy can win. But I'm basically saying, hey, both these guys are old. They're not, they're just a shell of what they used to be. They're fighting at 170. So neither guy had to really train to make weight or nothing. They're just going in there and scrapping because that's what they love to do. And it's just going to be, may the best man win, you know, and there's going to be no hard feelings. There's no emotion in this fight. It's just, hey, these guys are probably bored like the rest of us. And 
they want something to do. And like I said, yeah, fighting at 170. So it's kind of probably mutually agreed upon. Hey, let's just go out there, have fun. And Donald's got something to prove coming off three straight losses. And hey, if the ownership's all going towards Pettis, why don't you differentiate yourself and go towards Cowboy? I mean, if you really think about it, it should be a 50-50 fight. Maybe Pettis should be a slight favorite, which he is, but for DraftKings, it's it's a simple play to, to pivot to uh, Cowboy, and that's what I'm going to do. He's probably going to be on my lineup. I'm probably only going to be playing a few big money lineups this week, and I'm going to take my chances with Cowboy. Okay, so, yeah, I'm tossed. You know, I think either guy could win this as shown by the odds. Um Obviously, Pettis landed a, a killer liver shot on Cerrone last time they fought, and that he crumpled, and that was the end of that fight. You know, this is this is you know several years later where they both these guys, like you mentioned, are out of their primes, and you know they both have lost a few fights in a row. Um, obviously, they both have lost to some decent guys the last few times out. It's not like they're fighting chumps and losing against them. They're still better than those guys. Um, But, you know, for me, yeah, everyone likes Pettis, which this is really what I think is going to happen. I think either Pettis finishes Cerrone in the first round because he's been known to quit after round one. And if I, and honestly, but I think that he, I think that Cerrone is going to survive round one. And I think his cardio is better. And I know he, you know, he wants to win. He wants to prove to his family he can still do this. So I think he's going to take over in round two and take over even more in round three, maybe even get a late uh, finish on Pettis, actually, which most people don't think. I don't know if anyone, I think that's a hot take. But I think Cerrone gets a third-round TKO victory over Pettis. So he'll be making some of my lineups. I'm hopping on that train as well. I think the Cowboys back. I think he's going to show it. And Pettis, you know, he like I said, he definitely could finish Donald in the first round, but like he's been finished a lot lately. But I think that Cerrone's going to take over round two and three, and I think he gets a late finish with a minute to go in round three. And you know, I think he's going to score a decent amount of points for being eight thousand on DraftKings. So he'll be making some of my lineups and part as far as parlays. He'll probably be on some of my parlays as well. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that fight. Um, so I got Cowboy Donald Cerrone, round three TKO victory. So now we move to the main card where we got live on pay-per-view, which this should be five amazing, you know, solid, well, a few really solid fights and then obviously some really amazing fights that, everyone cannot wait for right now so but the first one we got greg hardy former nfl player taking on jorgen de castro at heavyweight so nick what's your thoughts on this heavyweight matchup to start out the main card well we got greg prince of war hardy coming in at minus 200 and De Castro plus one sixty. DraftKings has it at eighty six and seventy six hundred. And I'm not seeing why Greg's such a big favorite here. This De Castro's no joke. I mean, 
Shit, he put out Justin Taffa with one punch. Taffa went in for a haymaker, and DeCastro beat him to the spot and landed a haymaker of his own. So that's my take is uh, DeCastro's no chump, and Greg's not just going to be able to come charging out with his athleticism like he did to uh, – what was that chump's name? Adams. Yeah, Juan Adams. That that's not going to be the case this time. Uh, this fight's going to go at least into the second round, which has me nervous because I don't see Greg getting knocked out. I feel like he's too fast. He's you know obviously he played football. He was in the NFL, and I don't think he's going to get put away. However, um. In the later rounds, Greg's cardio is going to be huge for him. And I do think Greg gets the decision victory here. I think it's going to be a boring fight, though. Fade this fight on DraftKings. That's what I'm going to do. Basically, how I see it is round one, you land a couple big shots. Both guys, you know, have some good jabs in there. And let's be honest, this fight's going to be on the feet the whole time. Don't fool yourself. Round two, DeCastro's a little bit slower. Greg's still going strong. And uh, Greg takes the round pretty easily. He's just landed more punches. Round three, same thing. Just DeCastro's even a little bit more slow. And Greg uh, lands a few more punches. And, you know, I I have a feeling Greg's going to finish around 60 points maybe. And uh, DeCastro maybe around 20. However, I also I used to like picking Greg Hardy. But then at the UFC um, back in November with Diaz Masvidal for the BMF, Greg was on that card too against, forget who it was, but he takes an inhaler and then he gets DQ'd. So I don't want anything like that happening. You know, that sucks. So if you're betting, I would say, geez, I mean, you could pick either guy. It depends how you want to go. Um I'd probably say dog or pass, so give me DeCastro, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, Greg, he always poses the risk of doing something, and, you know, he pokes the guy in the eye, kicks him in the balls, who knows, and it ends in a no contest, and then both guys lose for DraftKings. So that's my take is boring fight. Um, if it goes the distance, I think Greg wins. However, if I'm betting, I'm betting DeCastro, and when – the when it's all mixed up like that, when you're taking one guy here and one guy there for different reasons, it just it's a sign to avoid the fight. All right, absolutely. So for me, yeah, I think it's a most people. I think the odds are with a or you know, it's a good bet that I think this going the distance. I think you can get some plus money on that. So I like, I think this goes the distance as well. I think Greg Hardy's going to come in with a good game plan I know he trains out of a good camp and you know I think that he's gonna win as well um but as far as DraftKings it's an easy fade fight because my prediction is it goes the distance it's gonna be I agree with you it's gonna be a very boring heavyweight fight um obviously potentially there could be you know a knockout finish they're heavyweight you know they're very powerful guys here um but I do think that it goes the distance. I think it's going to be boring um, for the most part. And I think Greg Hardy's going to come in with a good game plan and 
use his huge reach advantage over to Castro and maintain the out on the outside and height advantage. And, you know, I think he's going to win. Like I said, I think his cardio is better than DeCastro and his athleticism will start to take over late in the fight. So I could see him getting a late finish, but I also think it'll just go the distance and Hardy will win 30-27 unanimous. So that's my prediction. But I'll be fading it on DraftKings. And as far as parlays, I don't think I'm going to have DeCastro on any parlays. I think Hardy might make a few just because I think he's going to win. But it's an easy fade for DraftKings for me, so... Yeah, that's all I got for that fight. Um, moving on up in the card here, we got Jeremy Stevens taking on Calvin Guitar at Featherweight. What's your thoughts on this fight, Nick? Yeah, so Calvin is minus 250, and Jeremy is plus 195. DraftKings has it at 8,900 and 7,300. And I think Sean O'Malley said it best on YouTube. Check that video out if you haven't seen it yet, where he makes his predictions for all the fights. And he said this one's going to be an absolute war. These guys are going to be going at it from start to finish, and I don't think anybody gets finished. So even if you pick the loser, I have a feeling you're going to get some good points. So if you're playing cash, I like either guy. And if you want to save some salary, go with Jeremy. If you want to win the fight, more likely, go with Calvin. But, uh, yeah, I I really like this fight. I have a feeling it's a great matchup. It's going to be really in it, entertaining, and it's going to be nonstop punches, and both these guys have really good cardio. Um, Calvin's a sniper. I watched some film on him last night, and, man, he doesn't throw a whole lot of punches, which I'm sure – that was part of his game plan for the past based off of his other opponents, which I'm sure his camp is going to get him ready to throw a lot more punches against Jeremy. But um, when he does throw punches, man, he is pinpoint accuracy. And once when his fist touches somebody's face, they drop. And he did that to multiple guys. And I'm really impressed with Calvin Cater. Uh, He's a ranked opponent now. I think he's number nine in his division. I think they're fighting at 145. Um, and Kelvin's big, too. He's big for 145. He's like 5'11". He's got a big reach. Jeremy's more of a little bit, a littler guy. But uh, I really like Kelvin, but I don't think he finishes Jeremy. So my prediction is it goes the distance. Kelvin wins. Uh, probably one judge will have it. 30 27 the other two will have it 29 28 and uh as for points i have a feeling calvin's gonna have mm, we'll say 90 points and jeremy will have about 45 so either way you know solid fight and there's not much risk you're gonna get some good points either way so i like the fight for all purposes Okay, yeah, so for me, I think this is going to be a hell of a fight. Um, I think Jeremy Stevens, his style, he constantly is moving forward at you, constantly, you know, running you down, looking to close the distance and just keep throwing punches. Um, You know, I think this remains on the feet the whole fight. I think it's going to be, like you said, I think it's going to be an awesome, 
uh, striking war type battle here between these two. Obviously, Qatar is the decent favorite over Stevens. Um, and yeah, he's very, he's a very precision striker. He is on, well, he lost his last fight to a close decision loss. Um, but before that, he was TKOing guys in the first round more often than not. But I think this goes the distance as well, just because both these guys have known for their chins and they're both really tough. And, you know, I think it's going to be a crazy, amazing fight. And, you know, I'm glad they put this on the main card. Um, so, but yeah, my prediction here, as far as, I mean, Stevens, his striking can be a little wild. Um, that's why I just think, I think Qatar wins the de- decision um, over Stevens just because I think he lands more uh, proficiently, you know, um, on Stevens compared to – but I do think that the loser of this fight, which I think will be Stevens, I think he's still going to score around 40 points, 50 points. So for DraftKings, I think I'm going to have some Stevens on some teams because if he somehow gets a close decision win, then he's going to be, you know, po- probably on the optimal lineup of the night, and you're going to need that. But obviously, Qatar is a solid pick being, I mean, at 8,900, if you want to save a little money, that he's going to probably score quite a bit of points as well. Um, and if he wins, obviously, score probably close to 100. So I like Qatar as well. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I think both these guys are going to be on some of my draft, potentially on some of my DraftKings teams. As far as parlays, kind of the same thing. It's another one of these fights that, you know, Stevens, I think, has – I think he's a live dog. I think he has a real chance compared to some of these other underdogs because I think it's going to be a crazy night. I think some underdogs are going to hit, and he could be one of them. But I also think Qatar could, you know, obviously win 30-27 victory, being the pretty decent favorite here. So, But I think it's going to be a really entertaining fight regardless. But my official pick right now – is Calvin Guitar by unanimous decision over Stevens. But I like I like Stevens as a potential underdog though. So all right, moving on to three incredible fights ahead. Now the next fight here on the card though is Francis Naganu taking on um, Jair Rosenstruck. And this is going to be, I think, um, you know, it's obviously a really decent heavyweight matchup. So, Nick, what's your thoughts on this heavyweight bout? Man, if I had to fight one of these guys, I would, I mean, I think I would just pass out on the spot looking at them. These guys are just giants. I mean, I mean, football players, you know, linemen and stuff, they're big, but these guys are just gigantic. And it's just going to be who lands the first big punch because whoever lands that's going to win. The other guy's going to drop. These guys are so strong that whoever taps the other one's chin first, they're finished. And DraftKings, as I'm saying this right now, I'd rather save money there, and I'd rather go with Rosenstruck. 
He's 7,100 compared to Francis being 91. And let's be honest, man. Yeah, Francis is obviously more likely to land that first big blow, and that's what the odds are indicating because he's minus 275, and then uh, Rosenstruck's plus 215. But I don't think it's outrageous to think that Jair could – you know, he could clip Francis. All of it all it takes is one punch and these guys are finished. That's all it takes. Because all they're gonna do, punch, the guy falls, lights are knocked out, ref calls it right there. He's not gonna give him a chance to get up. And for that case, I, I like Rosenstruck. I'd rather pick someone who I feel more comfortable with. I mean, I feel much more comfortable Verdun wipes out Olenek than Francis takes care of business with Rosenstruck, you know, I mean, how can you not? And yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. Obviously Francis. Yeah. I like him more. I think he's going to knock out Rosenstruck, but sometimes you got to go against it and you got to play the game within the game and DraftKings, it's a pricing game. However, you know, maybe, maybe I'm making a mistake because the loser of this fight's going to have about five points. This fight's going to last three minutes tops so it's it's tricky but you know the winner of of this fight's gonna have 110 points so that's where you got to do it and i'm gonna be probably picking jair here okay very interesting so yeah i know some people you know obviously jair is coming an undefeated professional record with 10 wins no losses and francis you know He's fourteen and three. His losses, he lost to uh, Stepe and um, and Derek Lewis. Surprise, a little surprising there recently. But he's on a three fight win streak now. I think he's really found his game back after you know really being in a dark time. And he's very frustrated with himself after those, some of those losses. And I know that you know if he wins this fight, he's gonna. You know, he's ready to – Francis will have, you know, basically a title shot. And if, you know, if Jair wins, then he's going to be really close to having a title shot already early in his career. Um, You know, Francis has a decent reach advantage. They're both similar in height, Um, both same orthodox stance. But, yeah, I tried to get myself to see why Rosenstruck I mean, obviously they're both heavyweights, so all it takes is one. But I just think Francis is coming in just absolutely jacked, and I think he's been really trained hard. He's ready to go, as I've seen. I think, honestly, you know, Rosenstruck is – he's actually a profound kickboxer as well. Um, so if he implements that leg game right away, I think he could pull off the upset, uh, you know, may, later in the fight. But I don't think it's going to go – past the first round um i just see francis landing a couple big shots and i think this might be a really vicious gross tko because i think francis is you know my basically my final prediction here is francis is going to be on my DraftKings teams he's going to be in my um some of my parlays you know, I don't know if I'm even going to throw Rosenstruck on a team or not. Probably not, because I just don't see him winning, even though, you know, all it takes is one punch. 
So I just think Francis is just a well he's he's fought the best of the best and Rosenstruck clearly hasn't yet. And he's obviously shown he's a really good fighter right now. Um but I just think he's not ready for this type of con I mean Francis to me is a you know title content he's a you know he's a title contender. If he wins this fight he's gonna probably burst Stipe for the bell. So um unless Cormay wants this rematch, I know he's trying to get, but um yeah, my official pick though is I can't humor myself taking uh Yair, so I think Francis gets a first round TKO in under four minutes. So that's my pick. So moving on to a tight one of the two um or here well, this is a title fight at Bantamweight. We got the returning Dominic Cruz after a few years layoff taking on Henry Cejudo that holds the bantamweight by AKA triple C. So this ought to be a heck of a fight. It's a five round fight. So Nick, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, my thoughts, um, my money speaks for itself. I put my money where my mouth is probably a week ago now. And I got a bet on, Henry Cejudo, basically uh, trying to make a quick hundred bucks. So I put whatever the odds had it at at the time. I think it was minus 240. So I put that down on it. And uh, yeah, simple as that. Henry's going to win this fight. Um, I can give you reasons A, B, and C. And here they are. So reason number one is that... uh, Dom's coming off a layoff, right? He was injured. He's been injury prone a lot of his career. And he hasn't fought since 2016 or 2017. And he's a little bit older now. Henry's still in his prime, 32 years old. Dominic's maybe 35 or 36. So Dominic is definitely past his peak age. However, um, even at 32 or 33, when Dominic fought Cody Garbrandt, Cody just picked him apart. Dom's tricks weren't working the same like they did against the other guys that he fought in his prime, like Faber and Dillashaw. I mean, yeah, Dominic is very, a very strange fighter. He has some of the best footwork I've ever seen, and he's almost impossible to hit. But that leads me into reason number two. So just to recap, reason number one is that just the age difference. Dom's getting old and he might have ring rust. I know he doesn't believe in ring rust, but Hey, he definitely showed some against Cody and that was three years ago. So fast forward to now, he might have even more of it. So anyways, reason number two is that Henry's unlike anyone he's ever faced. TJ Faber and Garbrandt, they all are on the feet fighters. Sure, they can go to the ground because they're all very good, but they'd rather stand up and box. Henry's not like that. He's a gold medalist wrestler, hence the nickname Triple C from his two belts and his gold medal. He's not going to be trying to box. He's not going to play into Dominic's game. He's going to go and play his own game, and he's going to shoot for some takedowns. And when other guys tried that against Dominic – he was able to shoo him off because, yeah, he's very quick and he's tough to hold down. 
And that was the same with Demetrius Johnson. But Henry did keep Demetrius on the ground. Demetrius couldn't escape him every time. Sure, he got out of it sometimes, but he couldn't do it every time. And eventually Henry got him and he won that fight against uh, Mighty Mouse. So reason two, Henry's not a boxer. He's a wrestler and he's going to take Cruz down. So, one, that's going to add up to a lot of DraftKings points. He might take him down, and maybe Cruz gets right back up, but then he takes him down again. That's five points per takedown, so it's pretty solid there. And then reason number three is that I think Henry believes in himself, and I don't think Dominic does. Here's what I think happened is, yeah, Henry called out Dom for the legacy fight when he uh, beat... Morice, whenever that, you know, yeah, I'll think about it. Well, now all of a sudden they're fighting, and I have a feeling that's because of this coronavirus. You know, Dom's probably bored, just like the rest of us, and he's training at home, and he thought to himself, you know, I feel really good. I feel like I still have it, kind of like what Rob Gronkowski's thinking right now. Yeah, my body's fresh. But once when you get in that ring, he's not going against a tune-up fight like McGregor did against Cowboy. He's going against the champ right here, right now. And, yeah, maybe if he had a warm-up fight before he fought Henry, he would have a chance. But he's not He's not getting that warm-up fight. He's going against the best in the, of the division right now, and Dom's game isn't there. And I don't think it ever will be there again. So, it's just pretty plain and simple to me to pick Cejudo, Henry the Messenger Cejudo. That's my prediction, and I think he's going to get a fifth-round TKO. It's going to go a long way, so he's really going to rack up the points too. So I have a feeling you got to play him. All right, so you got him on for draft sure. for and sure. Then, yeah, I bet. Saying. 200 some bucks to win a, a easy yeah. all right sweet yeah i'm gonna agree with you i think Sahudo gets this done and i think cruz is you know he obviously well first of all I'll just break down the fight here like um i think dominic cruz obviously you know he's been a really uh you know great fighter for a while now but he's obviously you know he's getting a lot older He's coming off a big layoff, and, you know, for me, here's the one thing I want to say is Cejudo, his wrestling is very, you know, he's a very good wrestler, Um, and I think he's very, he's a very intelligent, smart fighter as well. I think he's going to implement the wrestling right away. I think he will take down Cruz. I do see him, you know, really coming in with his own game plan, not worried about Cruz's crazy footwork and, you know, um, just how he fights with his uh, unorthodox style. That's very different than most fighters. Um, You know, and Cejudo's right, you know, Cejudo may slowly, he's right in his prime right now, but he's probably obviously going to soon fade from it. Uh, But Cruz is a lot older than him. He's already long gone from that. Um, and like Sean, when he came back a few years ago against Cody, I mean, Cody picked him apart and won. So I don't see why Cejudo won't do the same thing. I mean, Cruz is, like you said, he's coming in to fight the, the you know, the 
guy with the belt right away after a layoff. Like, I don't see why it's just kind of a, to me, it's, you know, a stupid decision to do this. Um, obviously, you know, just because I think Cejudo just really picks him apart. He, he gets a lot of takedowns. I think he's going to rack up a bunch of points because I think it will go, you know, I think it will go the distance. Um, I could see Cejudo finishing him before that, but I my final prediction will be Cejudo to winning the distance, uh, winning a unanimous decision over Cruz. Um, what I do think is going to happen is, you know, right away Cruz might kind of feel good in round one. But I think quickly Cejudo's going to really frustrate him, and I think he's going to take over really quick. Like I think round two and beyond, it's going to be all Cejudo. Maybe Cruz squeaks out around one, like big, like you know, gets a little more significant strikes in round one potentially. Because a lot of people are on Cruz this week; they think he could pull off the upset. But I'm in total agreement with you. I don't see how they, he does. I think Cejudo for DraftKings is a must play as well. Um, I think he's going to rack up over 100 points because I think it's going to go the distance. I mean, I think Cruz will score a decent amount for even in defeat, but I'm not sure if I'm going to want to play him as a underdog, though, because I would just rather take Stevens or Price or, you know, I like, obviously, the next fight, I like Gagey as well, even if he loses. So, um but anyway, for this fight, I think Cejudo, you know, I think he's going to leave a message to Cruz saying, you know, I'm the best in the world right now and to the world that he's going to win this fight. He's going to kick Cruz's ass the whole way through for them. And I think he's going to, you know, send a message to everyone that, you know, no one could beat Triple C right now. So, yeah, this guy's, you know, Cejudo's more and more just showing – He's an amazing fighter, and he's very well-rounded and very smart in the octagon, which, don't get me wrong, Cruz is a very intelligent fighter as well. But I think Cejudo, Cruz just isn't ready to, you know, he's just too old now to um, face this guy like this in this situation after the layout. I think Cejudo wins pretty easily. So, And I like him for DraftKings, and he will be in some of my parlays. And, yeah, I just think this will be a good fight, but I think – Cejudo wins pretty easily, so that's my take on that one. Um, and now to get to the main event of UFC 249, we got Tony El Cuque Ferguson, the number one contender, tanking on, I believe, the number two or three contender, Justin Highlight Real Gagey. So this ought to be, you know, like Dana told everyone there's no way this fight isn't amazing which I agree with them I think this fight is going to be an absolute war and battle um at lightweight here um and I think the winner of this fight will take on Khabib later this summer because it looks like Khabib says he'll be ready in July or August so I'll be looking forward to that as well but Nick, I'll let you, since we'll keep the train rolling here, I'll let you break it down first and give us your thoughts first. All right, so we have the odds. Tony El Kakui Ferguson, which is Spanish for the boogeyman, if you need a little lesson. He's minus 185. Justin Gaethje, plus 150. And, yeah, I agree. It's going to be just an insane fight. 
there's no way it doesn't live up to the hype. I mean, Ariel Helwani put his show on the line saying his show will be finished if this fight does not live up to the expectations. And, man, I, I really think this is an amazing fight. Uh, DraftKings has it at 8700 for Ferguson and 7500 for Gaethje. And I think Justin Gaethje is the most popular play of the night, coming in probably around 63% in the low 60% range in most contests. Cash game, maybe <clears throat> even up to 70%. But either way, he's going to be the highest-owned guy. So in that sense, it makes sense to pivot to Tony. Because obviously the winner of this fight's going to hit triple digits. You know, they're going to be in the hundreds for sure. The loser might be in, you know, depending on how long it goes, they could get 50-some points or they could get 10 points. Who knows? But you've got to have the winner of this fight if you're going to win your contest. If you fade this fight, you're just stupid. Thanks for your money. I'll take it. But, yeah, you got to pick somebody here and – People are going to see the lower salary on Gaethje, so they're going to, you know, naturally just gravitate towards him and then pick their favorites elsewhere. You know, maybe they go to Span or Verdum or Luque, Nagano, whatever. But anyways, my breakdown of this fight. So Justin has tremendous cardio. He has a great leg kick. And he has a Rocky Balboa type of mentality where he doesn't care if he wins or loses. He's just going to put on a show, and he has a great chin, and it takes a lot to put him out. I mean, the guys that did put him out, Dustin the Diamond Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, they had like over 150 significant strikes to put this guy away. So he's not just going to go down from one of Tony's punches or one of Tony's elbows, or one of his kicks. It's going to take a crap ton of them. So, basically the way I see it is Justin's going to do Justin, and he's going to keep charging at him. However, Tony, I forget who said this, but it was a great, great thing, is Tony's not a stationary target. He has great cardio himself. He's always going to be moving. He's going to ride his bike if he has to. It doesn't matter. He's hard to hit. So a lot of Justin's punches are going to miss, and that's going to tire him out a little bit. And I don't think this fight gets finished in the first two rounds. I have a feeling it's going to go at least to round three, possibly the championship rounds. And ultimately, I have a feeling Tony's game is too versatile. He has too many weapons up his sleeve. Justin's only got the leg kick and the barrage of punches that he can throw and the great chin, but Tony also has a great chin, as as he showed when getting beat on by Kevin Lee and Anthony Pettis for a while. And I just think Tony has a great ground game, too, or if he needs to go to the ground, he can do some somersault or throw a slicing elbow and make Justin a little bit wobbly and then shoot the takedown. And he, Tony loves the Darce choke, too, so... Just wherever this fight is, I don't see Tony. I don't. I don't see him losing. I have a feeling he's just gonna win this fight. I really like him and uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah, he's a, he's a great showman, but like he said, he wanted to be a champion now, and I don't think he's. I don't think he's a true 
um, UFC champion. Yeah, he's don't don't take that the wrong way. I think he's great and he's one of the best fighters. But to be the champion, you have to be able to do everything right and not make mistakes. And his game seems a little bit simple, where he's kind of a one-trick pony a little bit. And Tony Ferguson said, yeah, he's a one-trick pony, but he's very good at that trick. And Tony knows that, and he's going to be ready for it. And Tony's going to do whatever he's got to do because he wants to fight Khabib, and his motivator is to, you know, destroy Khabib and get the true championship gold belt. And I don't think his dream's going to be taken away from him during this fight because he's going to get the job done in round four. He's going to get a finish, TKO. The ref's going to have to get in there and stop it. But, however, um, yeah, Justin Gaethje's a great showman, and obviously he always gets a bonus paycheck because of his fight of the nights and all that. And, yeah, he's going to have a hell of a day, and he's going to rattle Tony a few times and rock him, but Tony's ultimately going to get this job done. And uh, my closing thoughts on it would be that uh, you got to buy this fight. If you're not getting the pay-per-view, well, you must not be a true sports fan because this fight's just going to be insane. Absolutely. So, yeah, as far as my prediction, um, yeah, I think, you know, Tony Ferguson's on a mission. He's obviously really wanted to fight Khabib, but he has to, you know, take this fight. Um, but, you know, Gagey is – Justin Gagey is absolutely no slouch, you know. He definitely could, uh, you know, he's good enough to fight for the – you know, try to get the title. But, unfortunately, this division is stacked at the top, and, you know, he's got to defeat Ferguson to get to Khabib. And, you know – this fight's going to absolutely be an amazing war. Justin Gagey will keep coming forward. He's going to keep, you know, he's going to, like you said, I think he's going to rock Ferguson a few different times. Um, but I do want to say, as far as DraftKings, I think they're both going to score. I think both these guys will score at least 60 points, even the loser. I could see this being a rare situation where Gagey scores, uh, let's say, you know, 80, 90 points, even in defeat if it goes the distance because five rounds, I think they're both going to land over 100 strikes apiece potentially or close to it. And then, um, you know, if, if Ferguson, I if he wins, then, you know, he'll, he could score like 130 or something, so – I do think this is going to be an amazing fight, like everyone else believes. Um, if, like I said, yeah, if you're not buying this car, I don't know what you're doing. You know, if you really like MMA or sports in general, this is going to be a night for the ages. Um, so, but as far as my prediction, obviously, you know, both these guys are amazing fighters. Tony Ferguson, um, has a significant reach advantage. Um, I I agree too. I think he Ver, Tony Ferguson's very well rounded. His cardio is the best in the business, and Justin Gagey also has solid cardio as well. But you know Ferguson never gets tired. Um, he can do it all. He can do it on the ground. He he loves some certain submission. You know different submissions. He obviously can do well on the feet. Um, 
you know, and honestly, this is what I think happened. I'll break it down even closer. I think the first few rounds, Gagey might win a round or two because he, I think he's going to rock Ferguson a few different times. It's going to be a really exciting fight. We're going to, you know, if you have, if you're betting on Ferguson, you're going to be like, you know, shit, like I don't, you know, but because you're going <laughs> to, Ferguson's going to get hurt like he's shown in the past. He can get hurt. He's there to get hit at times. Um, but I do think Gagey too, you know, both these guys are super tough. So that's why I do see it going at least three rounds. But obviously with all the, it takes a lot, like you said, Nick, uh, as far as significant strikes to put away Gagey. Um, but yeah, my prediction is basically, I think Gagey will, you know, take over early, but I think as the fight goes on, Ferguson's really going to put it on him. And I think that Ferguson is going to win. I think, you know, he's on a mission. He obviously, I do want to say this fight being delayed a little bit um, to now where Gagey was maybe going to fight him a few weeks ago. It gave them, it did give him a little more time to prepare. So that's why I think it will be closer than people expect. Maybe. I mean, Gagey's a real live dog because if he lands some huge shots on Ferguson, you know, it could, he could get, he could hurt him really bad and maybe get the finish, but, for my final prediction, I think Ferguson wins late in the fight, round four or five, either by decision or um, by a late finish, which I think it'll be, you know, basically like a vicious elbow or uh, a Darce choke or something in that nature. So, but yeah, my pick will be, I think Tony Ferguson wins this fight late, late in the rounds. I think it's going to be an amazing fight, but I got Ferguson. I will, as far as DraftKings, I will have Gagey on some teams because I think even in defeat, he's going to score a lot of points. I might have both these guys, which I know some people are going to implement that strategy. Um, as far as parlays, I'm probably going to have Gagey on a few just in case, but I'm going to have Ferguson on some too as well. I might just fade this fight for some parlays as well. But yeah, anyway, yeah, so that's my prediction. I think Ferguson wins late in the fight. It's going to be an awesome fight, so... Yeah, that's well, our prediction. One more thing about this fight um, is something that I haven't heard anybody else say is that if you want to play into the narrative a little bit, considering that there's going to be no fans at this fight and it's not your typical UFC event, Tony's used to that. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. He's used to fighting in front of no crowd, and uh, I don't think it's going to bother him a bit. You know, Justin. Whenever Justin fights, he's the main event. You know, he does backflips off the cage when he wins, and he just loves this so much. That's not the case this time, and Tony doesn't care if he's fighting in the streets. He's there to fight, and he's there to scrap, and I really think that plays to his advantage, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a very interesting, great point there. I agree with you, and yeah, um, yeah that's why I do. Like I said, I do think Ferguson gets it done. Um, and yeah, having no fans there helps him a little bit for sure. I agree with you there. And, you know, I think if Ferguson wins this Saturday and I think he'll fight Khabib later this year. So, but yeah, first things first, he's got to take care of Gagey, which is going to be, you know, it's going to be a tall order, but I think he can do it. So either way, guys, that's our predictions, you know, good luck and let's all make some money. So we'll see you guys next time, hopefully for golf here, you know, uh, later this um, I guess in June. Hope to see you. Um, I think the first 
What is the first tournament back? Yeah, it's Tech Colonial. Colonial right? uh, Charles Schwab Cup Challenge. It's going to be June 11th, hopefully. So, yeah, we'll have to do that. And maybe uh, once the right. NFL rolls around, we'll be doing that too. All right, exactly. Yeah, so we'll hopefully we'll be on here again for you guys. So, but as far as this Saturday, make sure you buy the the uh, UFC 249 pay-per-view card and let's go make some money. So good luck, everyone.